Welcome back to another episode of Out of the Blank Podcast. Matthew Fulmer is joining me again. He hasn't been on in about seven months, but Matt, it's a pleasure to have you back on the show. Always good to be back, Robbie. You still got Christmas decorations up. I had to bring it up. Yeah, listen, I I can't let go of Christmas easily. You know, I, I like to keep it up till the end of January if I can. And been doing a little traveling for work, so I haven't had as much time to start taking stuff down anyway. So it's still Christmas here. See, there's people that either take it down the day after or they wait till the end of December before the new year hits and then they take everything down. But you're like, no, I'm going to wait till the end of January, maybe mid-February. I might think about it. This is true. I mean, COVID year, I had it up till about April 1st. So <laughs> That's a long time, Matt. Well, you know, the way I looked at it, COVID was a tough time for everybody. Let's not talk about that because that'll get us off YouTube. Thanks, man. <laughs> Just saying the word, they're still doing that? Yeah, man, they don't care. They, they'll, oh, they, man. Say liberal. That's a toxic word in today's society. I don't get it. You got to be careful where you step. That's the fun part. It's kind of like being in a backyard filled with dog poop. You just got to be really, really careful. And then when you get back to the house, complain at the person whose house it is and tell them, why don't you ever pick up your dog shit? You think that's the fun part? I mean, if you don't make it fun, it becomes miserable. And life is already unbearable pain. Okay. Point taken. Fair enough. I noticed this this morning when I was driving to work. There was a guy at one o'clock in the morning with a giant American flag, like a large like something you'd stick in the ground for your yard. And he was wearing camo jacket, rainbow pants, and looked like a homeless person. But the weirdest thing to me was, I was like, why does it look like he's late to wherever he's going? He's definitely homeless. So I'm like, why does he have that look in his eye? Like he has somewhere he needs to be. <laughs> Think about it. <laughs> Did you find out where he was going? No, I'm not asking that guy a question. You're crazy. <laughs> Well, I wouldn't put it past you. I don't have hobo stab insurance, but I did just renew my car insurance, and that's been a task and a half. Hobo stab insurance. It was a task and a half. Yeah. Because they updated the premiums. So, like, I usually pay six months, and they were like, well, your price went up. And I was like, for what? I was like, is it because I just turned, like, I'm I'm a different age now? And they're like, No. And I was like, I haven't gotten into a car accident. I haven't done anything. Yeah. So I was like, isn't it supposed to go down a little bit? And he was just like, well, every 2024, this is what he specifically told me. 2024 is going to be rough for a lot of people because a lot of insurance rates are going to be going up. And I'm like, that's crazy. I was like, I'm going to switch. He's like, this is the cheapest rate you'll get. I go, I don't believe you. And I just went to Geico and Geico had the original price I had before. So I was like, perfect. There you go. Yeah. I, I need to look at that. So my insurance, it's gotten ridiculous these past couple of years. And and I get like with claims being paid out for different things, like insurance companies are having a hard time, but it's doubled in the last like five or six years. What I pay each month has literally doubled. Um, but I know it's definitely bad because a couple of weeks ago I was down in Arkansas at a meeting and they were talking about how a lot of insurance companies have exited Arkansas. I don't know if you remember, they had uh, last year, they had a ton of tornadoes rip through and cause a bunch of damage. And there've been insurance companies that have said, you know what, 
we don't want to deal with it anymore. We're not writing any new policies here. We're Good done. on them. Good on them. I mean, I guess that's one way to to address the problem. But if I was the insurance company, I'd be like, why don't you guys just move? You have five tornadoes a year here. Like, <laughs> we love the view. It's just like, just go. I'm not dealing with it anymore. Every time I got to buy you a new trailer home. <laughs> well, think about Florida with the hurricanes. I mean. I'm sure insurance is pretty expensive there. I don't live in Florida, but I would imagine it's pretty bad. Florida's like God's Etch-A-Sketch. Just <laughs> shakes it up all around. And like for, for some reason, it's like 60 degrees all year round, even though it's not that far off from where I live. Maybe it's like 12-hour drive, I guess, but it would take a couple hours by plane. But it's not like we're on the opposite side of the world or something like that. Like There's a place on Earth that never gets sunlight. Never. It's one specific spot and how the earth rotates. It's stuck in this one area that the sun will never hit. And they show photos of it too. It shows like 1 a.m. and it shows every hour of the day. And it's like, it's dark still, but it's like kind of like when it's dark, but it's still bright out to where you can see. Like it's not pitch black. Well, this place that you're referring to, nobody lives there, right? Yeah. Well, there's, I mean, there's like there's homes there but there's also like research bases and stuff like that there as well too it's it's i mean their weather climate's like the arctic so it's like i mean you toss water outside it's freezing immediately like right now it's pretty rough here because it's 10 degrees outside so i have a car with no heat so that's fun oh gosh yeah that that doesn't work this time of year sitting in the car shaking (laughs) doing that smoking cigarettes trying to stay warm I've been well, minus the cigarettes. I was gonna say I've been there. I've had my first car, the heat broke, and that was the situation. And I can tell you it's it's not fun. So well, enough about me. Let's talk about you. You went on a trip. I did. I did. It was uh a pretty long trip, too. It's so like a week and a half. Yeah, about a week and a half. This doesn't sound fun at all. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were going to be super excited. Like, yeah, I went to Disney World for four days. It was amazing. But you're like, it was a long trip. It took a week and two people died. I'm like, oh, my God. <laughs> oh my God. No, it's not that it wasn't fun. Um, it, it just, it was a work trip. Okay. The majority of my trips anymore are work trips. Um, so that's why I was in Arkansas. I, I flew into Arkansas. Um, and boy, your arm's tired. <laughs> That was a bad yeah. joke. Bad joke. Yeah, no, I yeah, no, I like that one. Um, I'm all about the the dad jokes, the bad humor. Um, no, I mean, as far as like anything interesting, I get there and obviously I had to have transportation, so you know, have the company car rental and all that. So I go up to the rental counter, and the rental company that I typically go through for any of the rentals I have to do they let you basically pick whatever they've got on the lot when you get there. So with most like rental cars, you'll say, oh, I want a compact car, right? And you get whatever the compact car is. Well, with this, it's a little bit more of a wide range. So they're like, well, I've got this Nissan and I've got, you know, this, I've got that, I've got that. And he goes, I have a a Mustang. I have a Dodge Challenger. We got a Hummer. (laughs) <laughs> so i'm like i'll take the challenger okay great no shit you drove in a challenger i did i did that's well, awesome so years ago i had one i i had leased one so i'm like all right 
for old time's sake, you know, let's do it, right? So I rent this car, and as soon as I get in, like something's not right, right? Like it smells funny in this car. And I had just taken two planes. I had been traveling all day, so it's kind of like you know, kind of like check yourself. Like, wait a minute, is that me? Right? Mm-hmm. It, it wasn't me. It was the car. So I'm like, oh, that that sucks. So I'm thinking, whatever, no big deal. So I go, you know, I check in at the hotel and everything. The next morning, I had to use the car to get to the event that I was going to, and it was only, I mean, mile, mile and a half down the road from the hotel. It wasn't far. When I tell you I barely made it to this event, I barely made it. I get out of the car. The rear passenger side tire is flat as a pancake, like flat, flat. I'm like, oh, this is great. So I end up having to call the rental company. I'm like, I was supposed to bring this car back today, but it ain't moving from where it is. Like you, you need to send somebody with a tow truck to come pick it up. So I end up getting it towed and um, getting rid of it. But ironically, they sent me like this little survey, like, oh, you know, how was everything? And I'm like, well, you gave me a car with a flat tire and it stunk. Like it didn't didn't seem like it was pretty clean. And I had to get the car towed. Like this really wasn't that great. Of course, all they said was, oh, we're sorry, we're sorry. But I barely made it to the to the event. Like the, the one... Um, on the gauge, it has this like thing that goes off at the tires flat, right? It was kind of doing that that morning, but it it wasn't like if the tire is supposed to be 32 PSI, it was saying it was like 28, which really isn't a big deal. It wasn't that flat. And then all of a sudden it was flat and I didn't hit anything. I know what you're going to ask. I did not hit anything. So I don't know. Wait, so you told the guy the car stunk? I did, yeah. And was he like, you said, you said the car stunk? And he goes, oh, man, I left my crab rangoon in the back seat. I'm so sorry, man. I had that, what was that, Tuesday of June? What are we, in July? That's right. And there were two egg rolls in the glove compartment. So yeah, that's see? what did it. It's people's fault. Yeah, yeah. How do you forget the <laughs> egg rolls? I know, right? That's one of the best parts of the meal. Like, it's one of the things you eat first. Right. I guess. I mean, I have it like mid, maybe beginning and mid. But did you get the work trip through an email? Like, did you get it from like, hey, we're going to send you on a trip? Well, no. So for my work, you have to I, draw cover, I, I cover North Texas. I used to have Arkansas. I still have a few people there and I have a few people in Oklahoma because I used to have Oklahoma. Um, so this was just a, a meeting that happens every year that we sponsor for one of our clients. Um, we go and we speak at the meeting and provide sponsorship and all that. So that's really why I was taking the trip. And anytime I have a reason to take the trip, I always try to extend it to go and see other people. Like if I'm going to take a flight or two planes in this case to get down there, like I need to, I need to justify it to myself, like why it's worth all that trouble. So I try to extend it. And then I spend the rest of the time in Texas, you know, going and seeing clients and stuff like that. So were you nervous about the trip because you had to pre-plan and make sure you have everything lined up or did you kind of just spur of the moment? Um, you know, I used, I think we talked about this before. I used to get really nervous about trips. Like well, I, I'm asking the question, my friend. Yeah. Well, you have a good memory, Robbie. Um, no, I think. I used to be. I very- can't remember my passwords to any fucking thing I create. I can tell you that much. <laughs> well, that's one of those things. Like, you remember 
what your brain thinks is more important. And that's the people that you come into contact with. Aww. I think honestly that, you know, that that's a nice thing that you remember things about people more than things. Don't lie to the listeners. I'm a piece of shit. <laughs> <laughs> far from, far from. No, but like I, I used to, to think like, okay, how do I pack for this trip? And, you know, I have to wear a suit because it's like business meetings and stuff. How do I pack a suit so it doesn't, you know, get wrinkled and ruined? And how do I, you know, what if there's no iron at the hotel? And I would think of all these things. And now I'm just at a point where I've done it enough times over the past like year and a half where I'm like, it'll be fine. Like I'm going to pack. Here's what I got. You know, I, I prepare. It's not like I just throw stuff in a bag and run to the airport. Like I prep for it, but I don't necessarily worry about it as much. And a lot of that was talking through it before doing it. And then a lot of it now is just doing it as much as I have. It's like, all right, it, it's not a big deal anymore, I guess. Um, not to say that there's not new things like part of this trip, my business partner and I, we went out to Lubbock, Texas. That was a five hour drive. Jesus. It was the first time I ever saw a tumbleweed. What? That shit's real. <laughs> I know. Yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. That's not just something you see in cartoons, dude. Those are real. Yeah. And, um, you know, we're going down the road and, um, my business partner, Tommy, Tommy's like, what if we hit it? Why don't we try to hit one? Let's hit one. Right. We didn't, we go to our first meeting and he's like jokingly telling this woman, Oh yeah. We were like, you know, trying to hit one. And she's like, Oh no, no, don't, don't do that. She's like, that'll jack up your car. It'll, yeah. it'll ruin your, uh, it's like barbered wire. Real. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's much sharper than you might think. I got in a lot of trouble because I went on a trip to the grand Canyon. Um, and when we stopped to do a little detour, I, to be honest, it's a long drive doing the Grand Canyon stuff. I don't really recommend it. I know people like go and see the Grand Canyon. Please do, please, and pee off the top, and you do whatever you got to do to make your mark and feel like you accomplished life. But yeah. I'm letting you know okay. the trip sucks either way. It sucks on the way there, and you're going to something. Then on the way back, it's double sucky because you're like, damn it, we're literally going back to the hotel room. Like that's exactly what's going to happen the rest of the night. There's not going to be any more fun. And um, this is one thing I wanted to do because I took a vacation recently, first time in like 10 years. Uh, but I want to go actually start doing this more now. Um, that I'm working two jobs. So I'm working like 65 hours a week and trying to manage doing this and stuff like that. So no sleep at all. Um, and then working out like two, three hours a day. I was like, I'm going to save up a bunch of money as much as I possibly can. I'm going to take a trip. One trip I had planned, which was March is going to be a 311 concert in Vegas. I was going to stay up there and see if I can hang out and see some of the podcast guests I've had, like Jason Latona and all them. And yeah. um, I really wanted to go see some sites. I want to go explore a little bit because, you know, you're I'm hitting that midlife crisis. Got to figure out what I want to do. But it's something that you really don't focus on because time can slip by so quickly. I mean, we're already at close to the end of January when we're recording this. So it's like yeah. you have to value those moments. But back to the tumbleweed, sorry for the long tangent. No, no, I, that was that was basically it. I mean, and big ones too. Like you think of a tumbleweed, you think maybe it's like a couple feet across at most. I mean, there are tumbleweeds. We didn't see any this big, but there are tumbleweeds as big as cars. Sometimes is what they were telling us. Now I don't know if they were just like screwing with us or if that's true. We didn't see any that big, but like we saw some pretty big tumbleweeds. 
So when I saw one, when I was taking a trip up to the Grand Canyon, when we stopped to do a little like mid stop to go to like bathroom and take some photos, I was more obsessed with like, it felt like I was in Joshua Tree. So if you ever hear me mention something like taking acid in Joshua Tree, it's just because I've seen those cactuses that usually hang out when you picture Joshua Tree. And that's where I stopped at, not Joshua Tree, but in, in the desert. So I was like, hey, look, a tumbleweed. And I thought I would just go up and kick it. So I walked up and kicked the thing, and I was like 14 years old. It ripped the shit out of my pants. I mean, it stuck to my pants. It was like if you ever deal with those little spiky little ball things, and they get uh, like little tiny ones, they get attached to all your clothing. I don't know what plant it is, but they're like, when you step in that or you walk through that, those little barbered things get stuck to your clothes. And they're like little, like get to pull them out. And sometimes they go all the way through your clothes where it's like a needle in you. And that was what this thing was. It basically shredded my whole right leg. Um, not the actual skin, just the pants and my shoe was a little bit messed up. And I was like, what the hell was that? I was like, I thought this thing would just be like, fly up in the air. And then um, the bus driver's like, no, I would have warned you not to do that. And I was like, how many times has this happened? He's like, a lot more than you think. And I was like, see, everyone has the same thinking as me. I'm not autistic or anything. <laughs> well, not because of this, at least. I mean, maybe- there's other areas I'd point at. <laughs> <laughs> no, but like, yeah, you think of it, the way that they just roll and move from one place to another, you think like, oh, this is this is some like light thing. Yeah, I can kick it. It's no big deal. But it's how the it's first more... airplane was invented. What's that? The guy who invented the first airplane, he saw a tumbleweed flying through the air, like kind of rolling and going up and hovering a little bit. And he was wondering what that was. And he realized that it was the way that the wind was going through this thing. And that's how they built the dynamics for the winds and then the wright brothers just kind of fixed it by going through like a wind tunnel and doing that and really adapting it huh did not know that i didn't either <laughs> it was a joke kind of false history <laughs> well you know what i wouldn't put it past you though because you're always researching things so i know a lot about a lot you do I'm you do. very interested in a guy named howard hughes right now uh-huh uh-huh we'll get to him later though i want to get back to your trip Okay. <laughs> you gotta spend the first hour talking about your trip. Oh, first hour. I don't know if there's enough for an hour. I mean, it was pretty overall, it was pretty just the average, you know, meetings and stuff like that. Although I will say the one interesting, um, other interesting thing. So when we went out to Lubbock, where we saw the tumbleweeds and everything in Texas, we, yeah, in Texas. Yeah. So uh, other than, we were in Little Rock, Arkansas for like a day and a half. And then after that, it was it was all Texas. Did you find Big Rock when you were there? No, I can't find Big Rock, only Little Rock. It's okay. I'll have to go back. I don't know. Someone needs to call CPS or something. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Went out for milk and never came back. <laughs> but no, uh, we go to Lubbock and we were supposed to do a dinner meeting with this client. And he calls us up and he's like, hey, um, hope this is okay. I, I accidentally double booked and I told my wife we could do, you know, they do these big family dinners or whatever. I told my wife we could do this big family dinner tonight. We're like, okay. And he's like, so I want you guys to come to the house. Ooh. So we're like, we're like, all right. So we go to this guy's house. We have dinner with him, his wife, kids, the grandkids. I mean, you name it. it. Everybody was there. That's so crazy, dude. That's such a good, that's such a good little add on to it. 
it was no it really was um never had anything like that before you know because with business meetings people keep things close to the vest a lot and i think initially you know most people are going to do that anyway we've had a couple meetings with this particular client and um it, it was just it was something else and we first so we met at the office we did a meeting there the plan was we were like oh you know, we want to go and get a, a drink afterwards so he goes yeah we'll have a drink at the office and we're like drink at the office what's this guy talking about right so we finish the meeting we go into another room and he opens this cabinet and it's all this booze right all these different bottles of liquor we're like this is like Mad Men. like we're in the middle of an episode of Mad Men right now like Normally, people don't have stuff like that in their office, but he's an old school guy. And you're so in Texas, like, baby. Yep. He's like, what do you want? You know, here, I'll, I'll pour you something. What do you want? So we sat there for a little while, and then we went over to the house and, you know, had dinner with the whole family. It was it was an experience, at least, you know, work experience that I've never had before. Um, I thought that was really cool that he was like, yeah, you know, come on over. Like, I don't think that that would happen up here in the Northeast where we are like that. No, that's was, not something. He was testing your moxie. He was testing you to see if you were going to be a good person that he wanted to do business with. If you're, if you, if you pass up drinks at the office or whatever he calls having a little bit of things, I mean, it could be a test of two ways. One, he'd be testing to see if you're an alcoholic Two, He could be just be testing to see if you were open enough and friendly enough to actually want an interaction. And that's kind of like the break deal. I mean, that's, that's in movies all the time is people always do a, a drink or something, sit down and have sit down over a couple of beers, have a conversation, get to know the person. That's why you go out to meetings instead of going to a fancy restaurant. He brought you into his home. That was something to see like, OK, I'm willing to let these people in my home. So obviously I'm open to doing business. Let's see how they interact with my family. If my family gets off any vibes from them. So, I mean, did you make the deal? Yeah. So actually we've, we've done a little bit of business already uh, with this particular client. And, you know, I think we, we have the ability to do more. So again, they're, they're old school. You know, the, the interesting thing, the first thing that happened with this particular guy. So we get, Tommy a meeting, right? Tommy's usually the one that's that's out there seeing all these people. I'm I'm in Pennsylvania, so I'm not there. And um, he goes out, <clears throat> meets with this guy, and and a lot of business meetings. The the first time that we go to see somebody, uh, there's a lot of people that will kind of fold their arms and it's like, all right, what do you got? I have five minutes, you know, impress me type of thing, right? There's a lot of of that. I mean, it was like a typical like, okay, like what do you got? And my business partner leaves the meeting and he's thinking, okay, well, I think that went well, right? He gets to the airport because that was the last meeting of the day. He gets to the airport to fly back from Lubbock because sometimes he'll fly. It's five hours from Dallas to Lubbock. It's, it's a hike. Texas is huge. So he goes to the airport. He opens up his iPad and he's checking his emails and he sees like six or seven, eight emails between this guy and me. Well, right after he left, the guy calls me and I pick up the phone and he's like, wow, you picked up the phone. And I'm thinking like, is this guy being a smart ass? Like, of course I picked up the phone. He's like, nobody answers the phone. Like I can never get anybody live. Any other company I call, I, I can't get them. I'm like, well, I'm here. Like, how can I help you? Like, what can I do for you? And he was telling me, you know, just met with Tommy and all that. And um, he asked for, 
basically a, a number of proposals for some of his folks that you know might want to buy a policy with us. So those were all the emails that Tommy was seeing. So he's like, oh, I guess it was a good meeting then. Like, here's all this stuff. So um, I think we had our first deal go through like a week ago. And uh, there's some more that we're working on. So we're, you know, we have plans to, to do a lot of work with them, hopefully moving forward. But yeah, so far, so good. You'd be surprised. Like if I ever answer a phone call and it's like from a company or something like that, they're kind of like, you feel the vibe of like, oh, can you hang up and I can call back and just leave you a voicemail? This would be a lot easier doing my job this way. And it's just how the world is now. People don't want to have that interaction thing. I mean, I just had this recently with the car insurance people. Me trying to switch companies to a different company, they were like, well, my new policy date would have started on the 16th and my old one would have ended on the 17th. So I wouldn't have had a lapse in insurance. I wouldn't have had a day without insurance. And the person was trying to tell me, well, you might get a lapse because it might not be effect until the 16th at midnight, or it might be something where when our cancellation happens. And I'm like, I don't think you're understanding what I'm saying. Like, I'm telling you that you, you have a whole day, basically, so my other policies canceled. My other one will already be active for a full day. I'm not gonna owe anything. And she was like, well, uh, you know, to do this cancellation, you have to charge this. And they gave me a balance of like what I had to pay. And I was like, I'm not paying you guys money to cancel my insurance policy. And I'm like, you didn't have it in your contract for a pre-cancellation. Plus the day you're canceling it is the day it expires. Why don't you just let it expire? We'll have our manager call you uh, tomorrow in the morning. And I'm like, that guy, I'm literally have no podcast book. I was going to get groceries and stuff like that. So I get home from work overnight took a shower and as i'm in the shower they call so i had to send them a message oh, i'll call you in an hour i'm like i'm not waiting around for an hour so i went and started doing my grocery shopping he calls me in the car thank god i have headphones on and i just told him told him up i was like my policy cancels or ends on the 17th you're setting a cancellation date for the 17th i'm not paying you guys any more money to switch over to a different insurance Oh, well, I guess my intern must have had it all confused. She thought you wanted to cancel early or something like that. And I said, no, I explained to her a couple of times. And I was like, I am done with you guys. I'm not paying you guys anything. And they're actually, actually, we owe you $2. And I'm like, keep the fucking $2. Give it to someone. I don't care. Give it to the guy, the homeless man with the American flag. It looks like he's going somewhere. He might need it. <laughs> but I literally was just like, I don't want to deal with this anymore. And that's like the whole interaction through social media devices anyway, everything is now set up to a point where you can do everything but call or talk to an actual person. Some people like that. Some people don't. I don't really like talking to people. I prefer the messaging, the doing things like that, unless it's people that I actually like, care about that I would like to hear a phone call from. But even then, I mean, I don't really use communicate with a lot of people anyway. So, so I never had a problem being on the phone, which for my generation is a strange thing. Like we, we don't like to be on the phone typically. The only thing I would say, I've been doing it now. I've been on the phone all day at work for the better part of the last 12 years, with the exception of maybe like two or three, where I was not on the phones constantly. I've been on the phones constantly. So my thing is this, when it's not something work-related, if I can do it without getting on the phone, I will because I don't want to talk to anybody else. It's almost like you, you get to the end of the day and it's like, I'm done. Like I'm over it. I don't want to talk to anybody. Um, like if I'm going to make a reservation for a restaurant or something, not that I do this often, but sometimes I'll even do it 
this way when it comes to like business meetings. Because where I am, I mean, I'm I'm sitting here at my computer the majority of the time. You know, I'm not usually traveling. So when Tommy's going all over Texas, things are coming my way and I'm I'm doing I do a lot of things, but part of it's like administrative stuff. So I'll book all the reservations if he's got a, a dinner meeting with clients or something like that. I'm the one booking the reservation. Open table, one of the best things ever, right? I don't have to talk to anybody to do it. I just put it in and it's done. I love it. So like things like that, I will say I like, but it's frustrating when you can't get something done and then you can't get somebody on the phone to try to get it fixed. That's the worst. Did, um, I mean, where'd you guys go to eat? Did, I mean, you had, not just for the dinner, client dinner at the family's house, but did you go anywhere um, particular? Did you try and do anything? I know you posted one thing on January 1st on your page. I was happy about that. To be honest, that drink looked horrible. It was actually really good. I don't know what it was. It looked like it had candy in it. And I was like, Jesus. It did. Ew. It did. So, so it's this place. Um, they have a few of them scattered. Uh, it's called the Sugar Factory. Of course. Diabetes. Exactly. Right. Um, but that was where a couple of my friends wanted to go. We did a, a little New Year's Eve thing. We went to um, Atlantic City. So that's where that was. And the sugar factory is known for these cocktails and these big glasses. And they put dry ice at the bottom of them. So when they pour it, they literally come out to the table with glasses and they put all the glasses down and they've got shaker cups that they bring over from the bar. And they, in front of you, they pour it. So that's why, you know, I'm sitting there, I'm taking the video, right? You, you saw what I posted. So when they pour it, when the liquid hits the dry ice, that's where all the smoke comes from. The one thing that's tricky, you have to be careful where you put the straw in that kind of drink. Because if you put it all the way at the bottom, like that's your normal impulse when you're putting a straw in a drink, you get too much of the dry ice and you'll start to like cough. Like, I, so I, don't, I don't think it's so like a healthy stupid. thing to... I don't think it's a healthy thing to do no. uh, often. Like once in a while, it probably won't kill you. But That's why they had to tell the kids to stop drinking boba tea because all those kids were sucking up those little gummy ball things or whatever. I've never had one, but I've seen people – apparently those things don't digest well, and there's like a bunch of people having intestinal issues where these things – like they take an x-ray, and it's just these boba bubble balls in their stomach because it's like plastic that's in the uh -huh. drink. Yeah, I don't know if I've ever I'm trying to think if I've ever had it. I don't think I have. It's it just it doesn't seem appealing to me. Like I, I don't Google it. Hang on, I gotta find out what those things are. It's gonna bother me the whole podcast. Boba tea <laughs> bubbles. What are <laughs> tapioca pearls? Okay, well tapioca's topping. edible. Flour, Tapioca's water, edible. and brown sugar. I mean, people that's eat just, tapioca pudding all the time. That's that's edible. Low vitamin and low mineral content. Very little fiber. Constipation can occur from drinking too much. Bubbles oh. can increase the risk of constipation. Too much can cause digestive issues and lead to cancer. Well, sell, sell those to our children. <laughs> wow. I'm kidding. I mean, I, the cancer part I added. Oh, okay. All Everything right. leads to cancer. <laughs> well, yeah, you're probably right there. Um, it's what I learned about with Howard Hughes. He funded that movie, The Conqueror, um, okay. with John, John Wayne, if you ever saw that. Mm -mm. You know who Howard Hughes is? 
I do. Yeah. I've never seen this movie you're talking about, but if you ever saw The Aviator with Leonardo DiCaprio, no. Well, that was based on Howard Hughes' life. It's by Martin Scorsese. Um, but so Howard Hughes is the inspiration for Howard Stark, Iron Man's dad, and also the inspiration for Iron Man when Stan Lee wrote the comics. So Howard Hughes was a billionaire playboy who basically, I mean, his whole life, did it. he was an aviator. He built the Spruce Goose, which was the world's longest airplane or largest airplane. It was meant to fly in a fleet of tanks into the battle zone. Never got more than a foot off the ground, but he made millions of dollars off that thing but he was a billionaire because his dad created this company that had this drill bit and this drill bit is specifically used for mining oil and they own the patent on it so then everyone has to go to him so he's just been he had he bought most of las vegas so when las vegas was first starting out he bought most of it from the mob he bought like this that this what is it the desert inn he bought um the golden nugget the silver spur all these old things he basically built vegas into what it is now the mob did a lot of it but he ended up owning a lot of it but he towards the end of his life had this i mean so much to where it sounds conspiracy but it's real it's just he was eccentric he was just this like i said he was a playboy in the beginning so he was like this person. He womanized. He slept his way through Hollywood, basically. Um, still speculation of Marilyn Monroe was involved with that. But Jane Russell, uh, very popular, known for a bust, basically. Um, well, Howard Hughes was obsessed with her boobs. And that is like well known. So he made a movie with Jane Russell where it really took off her career. But throughout the film, all it was was just shots of her boobs the whole time. And he made her a specific bra. For that film. And it, he was actually. Howard Hughes created the underwire bra. But he he did it so. It was so uncomfortable. Jane Russell's boobs kept popping out of the thing. And that's why he did it. So this guy was a genius. He's basically. If you compare Elon Musk's thinking. To Howard Hughes' thinking. Because he's like kind of like a savantish. But not like a hundred percent. Like it's kind of hard to understand his personality. I would say. Well, he created this film called The Conqueror, that was shot in Utah. Well, where they shot the film at, John Wayne, John Wayne played in it. Kids played in it, and a bunch of other actors played in it. Horrible film, worst film ever. I mean, literally, it's ranked as the worst film, one of the worst films known to man, because it was just so. I mean, can you imagine John Wayne as a uh, Genghis Khan? Not working, dude. Not working. I put the clip on my story. You got to watch it. But um, so what? one of the things that happened was where they filmed this movie at was near a nuclear weapons testing facility or where they used to test nuclear weapons. So 91 out of the 214 cast members that were in the film died of cancer. John Wayne being one of them and John Wayne's kids. So Howard Hughes was so distraught by this, he spent $12 million to buy up all the films of this film, The Conqueror. And he would just play it on repeat in his house over and over again. He would just watch it, probably dealing with depression from the fact that he got people killed. Um, but he was a main advocate for shutting down nuclear weapons testing. And there's a lot of theories of why he did it, because as much as he was a playboy, um, he ended up developing a really bad case of OCD. And developed a thing called paradoxical germophobia, which he was really afraid of germs to the point when he ended up uh, living in the desert and nobody saw him for years because he was just a recluse. They blacked, they taped black tape over the windows and doors of the top two floors of the casino. He rented out the top two floors of the casino that he owned. And everyone knew that's where Howard lived. And he would put Kleenex boxes on his feet. 
he would basically just sit in his hotel and never leave. And um, he owned a radio station in Vegas at the time. And this one guy's anecdote that's pretty funny. He goes, I always knew when Howard Hughes was in Las Vegas because the radio station or the TV station would be playing Ice Station Zebra over and over and over again. And everyone knew Ice Station Zebra was uh, Howard Hughes's favorite movie. So he owned the radio or the TV station and he would just call him in, play this on repeat. So he would watch it 24 hours a day, just watch Ice Station Zebra. And if he saw a scene that he liked, he would call in the station and say, rewind it. So if you were watching TV back then and you were watching that channel, you would just see like one scene and then it would rewind and play it over again. Because Howard Hughes had the billionaire power to just call in and be like, I want to rewind it. Go back. I missed something. I want to watch it again. And then uh, even with Baskin Robbins, um, he had a favorite ice cream flavored called Banana Nut. And they were going to discontinue the flavor. So... When it was getting discontinued, he bought up all the rest of the banana nut ice cream from Baskin Robbins, over $100,000 worth of ice cream that was sent to him. But by the time it arrived to his house or to uh, the Desert Inn where he was staying, he says, oh, I don't want that anymore. I actually have a new flavor, French vanilla. So then all the hotel just had 360 gallons worth of banana nut in their freezers to the point where after a year they started just getting rid of it. They started going out into the street. Do you want this ice cream? And each person that wanted it got to take two gallons home. To me, that's funny as hell, man, but this is a real figure that like society has forgotten. Wow. Yeah. I mean, I knew none of that. I would say that obviously today calling the station and saying, Hey, rewind that. Like you wouldn't need to do that anymore, but wanting to to watch the same thing over and over especially the movie you would think with everything bad that happened that he wouldn't want to watch it he would never want to see it again but that's interesting that he he watched it over and over and over like that's there's definitely some some depends. psychological stuff going on there nah, that depends some people like to i don't know some people like to feel like they they owe payment for the sins that they might have caught casted. Like for me, if I ever did something bad, I would like to relive it over and over and over again, make sure I never forgot it. A lot of people would rather just push it down and go away and move on with their lives like OJ does. Um, but for me, I'm just kind of like, nah, I'd rather, you know, I cause pain. I want to experience that pain. So if you have to relive the moment over and over again, I mean, you can look at it that way. You can look at it as maybe he enjoyed the film a lot. I mean, he owned his own movie studio. I mean, not movie studio, production studio in his hotel. He had it built there, um, but he never cut his fingernails. He So what happens with germophobia is you're afraid of germs. And this is actually Howie Mandel has spoken about this because he has germophobia. His biggest fear is turning into Howard Hughes. Because germophobia gets to the point where if it gets really, really bad, you basically see the world is unclean. So then anything becomes a contaminant to you. So that means you just start thinking, like it eventually does the opposite. You stop taking care of yourself. You stop bathing. You stop shaving. You stop cutting your fingernails. He had three foot long fingernails. I mean, he just he just didn't care anymore. Not, not that he didn't care. He just he saw the world as dirty and him as self as clean. So it's like a, it's that's why it's called paradoxical because it's kind of like, well, that's weird. Why would he care so much about germs, but then not take care of himself? Yeah, absolutely. Um, huh. I mean, I, I don't know. That's that's pretty wild. As far as like having things on repeat, I, I hear what you're saying, but I think to, to me, it doesn't make sense having a negative on repeat i can see it with a positive like i can tell you 
I'm one of those people, like, if you ever talk to somebody that loves The Office, they don't say, like, most shows and movies, you'll say, oh, have you seen this? Have you seen that? People that watch The Office, they don't say, have you seen The Office? They say, do you watch The Office? Because it never ends, right? It's it's ongoing. And I can tell you, I was just watching it last night, I've now seen the whole thing all the way through probably 15 or 16 times. Already. Never watched a full episode. You're missing out. I'm not a TV guy. Yeah, well, I know, but it's it. Do you have a Do you have a baby video, a home video with someone that might have passed away, and it hurts every time you watch it, but you like watching it because you get to see them again? Okay, I could see that. I don't, but can you imagine getting a bunch see. of people cancer where they die, and you don't know what that pain is like and you feel like you owe something more than just money. He could have donated the money to cancer research. He didn't do that though. But he instead of watched a film. Now in my eyes, I said, it's like torture watching something like that, but maybe you feel like you owe something to these people that obviously lost their lives in this film that ended up being a tremendous piece of shit. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know. I, I still think it's, they're not doing it for their health. They're they're doing it to because they want to feel the pain. Right. And that I still past a certain point, I, I can't understand that. I can say he's wearing Kleenex boxes on his feet. What do you want from the guy? I don't think he's thinking the, 10 steps ahead. Jesus. Well, that's what I'm saying. I'm saying like there's there's some psychological stuff going on. Oh, hundred percent. I mean, I get it if you have, you know, there's that home video, a loved one that's no longer with us or something like that. That I get. Um, because well, that's not that's not pay- paying for something you've done or being punished for something you've done. That's trying to relive those happy moments and relive moments where you physically could be in the room with that person. Like that's why I feel like it's a little different. Well, can't anything be a happy moment? It all just depends on how you view it. You could turn the worst tragedy into a happy moment if you think about the positives. I suppose. I, I don't know. I still think watching the movie over and over is a little strange. But I mean, I don't. I don't. I mean, I, I guess each is their own, different flavors for different folks. I guess. But I mean, he wasn't exactly like I said. He was not normal towards the ending of his life. Um, but that's what his his whole moral of his story is. Kind of shows you what happens when you have money to really do anything. Anything he wanted, he could do. I mean, funny thing is, when you get to that point, you're a bit of a cheapskate. So the small nickel and dime stuff, he wouldn't. He would never bring his wallet because he thought his wallet and could get infected with germs. So he people would always have to pay for his meals and things of that sort. But then if he's buying a hotel, like in Vegas, he just started buying up like $17 million worth of property with nothing on it. Then he bought the one casino for $19 million. Then he bought another casino for twenty. million. Then he bought it. He's just tossing out like, let's buy up all this. And I mean, he did a lot of smart things. Uh, some people call it a tax dodge. Because that's what he was doing. I mean, the mob was still there skimming a little bit off the top of it. But he also told the government he was creating a community program that was going to give back to the community of Vegas. And that also he was getting this thing that would actually help aviators out because that was his whole thing was aviation. Never got completed. And it kept saying it for 40 something years he was doing it. Tax dodge. They cut his uh, thing on his taxes because like, oh, you're benefiting the community. You're helping us out and stimulating the economy. He never did it, though. Even the Spruce Goose, the plane he created he had to go to hearings about it because it never flew basically the government just gave him a large sum of money and uh 
this thing got a foot off the ground and never actually went into combat at all. <laughs> mm. Don't you have Very any figures like that in history that you look up to or you find interesting? I don't know if I've ever really thought about it, honestly. Like I, I maybe, maybe if I if I thought harder about it or looked into it, may, maybe I would. But off the top of my head, no, I can't. I can't think of anybody. Hmm. I don't know. That's sad. Yeah, I guess it is. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Um, I'm trying to think of like not even comic books or anything like that. Everyone wanted to be Superman. I have never in my life so much as touched a comic book. Jesus, it was never it was never a thing. You have not me. lived, my friend. I mean, I was more so when I was a kid. Um, it was kind of like the height of the Pokemon cards and all that. Like I had tons of Pokemon cards and that was, that was the thing. If somebody was going to, you know, give me money that I could use on something, that was, that was where it was going when I was that age. Um, yeah, I don't know. What do you think about nostalgia culture? Oh, I'm here for it. Absolutely. I mean, not even just physical things, but like, I love old music because I can hear a song. I may not be able to describe to you what I was doing or where I was when I first heard that song, but I feel the way that I felt when I heard it the first time or the second time. You know what I mean? Like, doesn't a song ever just like take you back and you're like, that's awesome. Like I, I feel something from that, but you can't, you can't put it in words, but like you feel something, you know what I mean? Sure. <laughs> That's a no. Okay. Like you, there's no songs from your childhood, like things that were popular when you were younger that you hear today and you're like, Oh, I I'm thinking of something or that's a fond memory. Like you can't put your finger on what it is, but you, you feel a certain way. There's a lot of like green day and a lot of, um, that kiss and stuff like that, that um was just on all the time in my household, basically. My brother was a giant Green Day fan. And then my dad was in a Kiss tribute band. So everything was kind of Kiss related. So you kind of I grew up with that. So whenever I hear those things, I don't I don't even get really memories. I just get anxiety. I'm like, God damn it. <laughs> okay. So no, but as far as like actual like physical items, nostalgia stuff, like no, I think that. I think that that's obviously it's a big market. One of the problems with it is this need for fulfilling this nostalgia. There's hardly any new movies or shows. It's all reboots. It's all, you know, bring this back, bring that back. That's the bad part. But I think there's nothing wrong with liking like, okay, great example. When I was a kid, we had these things called Dunkaroos. Okay. Mm. It was this little thing. Well, they're back now, right? Delicious. But they were gone. Yeah, they're awesome. But it's the little cup of icing and the little cookies and you dip them and all that. Well, that was something when they came out, I was like, I have to have them. Like they came back, what, a couple years ago. I have to have them. Um, they didn't taste as good as I remember. I will admit that. Because you're an but adult and sugar doesn't give you the kick you need. I know. I know. I understand. I'm just saying, like, 
the nostalgia factor is real though. Like if I see something that I liked as a kid, whether it's food, some other kind of product, like there's a good chance that you could get me to to go for it. Now, how much would you be willing to pay though? Because I went to a restaurant and I was not happy with my experience. Um, I depends what it is. I mean, what what tell me about this experience? Was this something that you had fond memories of and it totally didn't deliver now like what what was it no no no. i went to vacation like i said i went to dc um thought i was going to museums we didn't go to any museums it was all clubs only thing i had to eat after doing five hours of cardio was an orange at 4 a.m and at by the time we had dinner was 9 p.m so i was a little bit peckish i could i could i could eat i could eat um, so we sit down and I get the menu and I'm looking at everything and everything is above 40 something dollars. And this restaurant is fancy. I'm wearing exactly what I'm wearing right now. Minus the hoodie. Everyone is in suits and dresses and I am sitting there. Yes. Hammered. Um, and so the food comes over and I pick this thing out. It sounds pretty good. I don't remember what it was called, but he goes, do you want two or three? And I'm going, well, I'm pretty hungry, but I'll just take two. Because, you know, whatever. I don't need to stuff my face because I haven't eaten all day. Um, thing comes over. I swear to God, it was Tostitos chips, those little scoop chips. Two of those on a plate that was drizzled with thinly sliced cucumbers on it. And it had a little bit of meat inside of it. I ate it in less than 10 seconds. And I was fucking starving. But that was $46. I was not happy with that experience. I didn't even pay the person that I was with because I didn't want to go to that restaurant paid but they're like oh it's fine we're i'm rich and they're like okay so they did it but i was just like i can't believe that like that to me that was just a and it's the money thing again you get back to the billionaire aspect you can literally buy anything you want you want to live this you want to fit the budget that you now have and I, to me i never got that i don't know if i would have that if i had a billion dollars but i mean how much would you pay for an experience if it was a food related experience i consider anything over ten dollars just bullshit well, okay. I mean, there's a limit, right? I feel like my biggest complaint with expensive food is what you just described. You pay all this money and it's this tiny little, you know, whatever. That, no, 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 I, I can't do that. And honestly, those aren't the types of restaurants that I would be going to to begin with. And I know you wouldn't either. That's not your thing. Um, depending on what it is, if I can either justify based on the size of what I'm getting or based on the fact that it's not something I do frequently, like great example, those drinks, at the sugar factory, I would not like, if I'm looking to go and get a drink with a friend here in my hometown, like I'm not looking for something like that. Do you know what that drink costs? The drink was $46. Jesus Christ. Are you serious for that drink? You put up a picture of? 46 what was what was the charge for it like what alcohol was in it so that's the thing it's not even like the non-alcoholic version was 39 dollars. So i would have punched even... someone in the throat i would what am i paying for the experience of you sticking dry ice in my drink and if i don't drink it right <laughs> i'm gonna choke i think that the dry ice is part of it the experience like why people is part go to steakhouses they only the... go to steakhouses so they can choke that's it the... The Nobody ever is, cuts the steak right. The size is part of it. I think, um, I mean, it's it's a fun experience and it had all the little like gummy candies in it, whatever. But then like 
Go to that Dollar was... Tree, get the same candy separately and throw it in your drink. I was a kid. I put Skittles in my drink and let it sit in there and make the water change colors and flavors. Yeah, but like that, but so, now you're so that, that was one extreme, <laughs> but here's the other thing. So everything's gotten more expensive. So what I had to eat, so I had that, it was a burger with fries. The burger and fries, I think it was like 19 something. It was like 20 bucks. That to me wasn't that bad compared to what I was paying for the drink. So I'm like, all right, well, that's that's fine. Now, obviously, I'm not going to pay that for a meal if I'm getting like, if it's McDonald's or something, yeah, you don't want it to cost that much. But if it's at a like regular restaurant, $20 for a meal these days is kind of par for the course. So like that I'm okay with. Or if it's a steakhouse is a good example. If I'm going to go to a, a good steakhouse like we did one of our business meetings at a, a steakhouse in dallas i don't i mean obviously i'm not i'm not paying for it if it's a business meal but if i am paying for it i'm okay with if it's good 40 50 60 dollar steak like that that's fine i think if it goes beyond that like there's there's a place 20 minutes from where i live that um we used to go to and they do prime rib. And the prime rib, it used to come out like the plate was like this big and it would come out, it was kind of like flopping off the plate. It was massive, it was huge. And it used to be like, I don't know, 60, $65. Now, ever since like the last few years and everything getting more expensive and inflation and all that, now it's like 80 or $90. And we got to a point where we're like, we're not going to go here anymore. Like, we're going to go somewhere else. It was like one of those things where we would go once or twice a year. It was like a special occasion thing. It became more expensive than we wanted to, to deal with, even for a special occasion. Like that's how bad it got. But to me, it's all about what am I getting in return for what I'm shelling out. If I'm getting something that's really good, it's high quality, it's prepared well, all of that, like, once in a while, that's okay. But then again, if I'm left to my own devices, so here's a great example. So I'm talking to my business partner and I flew in to Arkansas on a Wednesday. He drove up to Arkansas on Thursday. So I was by myself Thursday. until about, what's that? Thursday. Thursday, yeah. So till midday Thursday, I was by myself. Thursday. Right? Thursday, yeah. Thursday, D. Uh huh. So, <laughs> so I'm by myself. So Wednesday night, or do I have to say Wednesday? No, it's just Wednesday? it's just Tuesday and Thursday. Tuesday and Thursday. I have a friend that talks like that. She says all the days of the week: Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. She says them all that way. Baltimore. It's also a Philadelphia area thing too, apparently. Because you guys are close enough to get it, yeah. She's born and raised here, but um, I get in, right? And we can, when we're on these trips, right, they cover, the company covers the meals and you can do up to a certain amount. And I was thinking about it. I'm like, man, I'm really a cheap date. Like I'm, I'm cheap as far as travel for this company because you know what I ended up getting? There was a, uh, a Sullivan Steakhouse that was right across the street. Do you think I went there? I didn't go there. I went to mcdonald's and i spent maybe ten dollars 
12 bucks. That was it. That was my meal where most people like my business partner, if he's on a trip and he's got to do something, he's going to go to the steak place because that's what he's used to now. He's been doing this over 20 years. And the more that you entertain your clients and you're going to these places, now you've got this thing in your mind, like that's the standard. You don't want to, you don't want to go to a fast food place. You don't want to like the only fast food that he'll get pretty much is in and out because they have that in Texas. Like that's one of the few fast food places he'll even go to. What about a Wahlburgers? Uh, do they have those in Texas? I've never seen one. I've never been to one, so I don't know. I've never been to one either, but no, he probably wouldn't go there. Um, he's kind of uh, on Chick-fil-A, which causes some problems. You know, we, we argue but about that. No, social problems or del- delicious problems? No, no, no. He, he's So here's the thing. He had never had Chick-fil-A until September when I was in Texas with him. So we're going to Fort Worth to meet with these clients of ours. And we call up and we're like, hey, um, we'll stop and grab lunch on the way over. What do you guys want? Like what's close to the office or what, what are you in the mood for? And normally like it'll be a nicer type of place that these, these clients will suggest or clients in general will suggest not, not these clients. I shouldn't say that. They're like, how about Chick-fil-A? I'm like, sold. Like that's one of my favorites. Absolutely. So Tommy, he's very like health conscious. So he gets, I want to say he got the grilled, not the regular. And by the time we got there, they were running late. So like we, we have this food. It takes like 10 or 15 minutes to get from Chick-fil-A to the office, right? We get there. We got to wait another 15, 20 minutes. So by now, like the food's not fresh anymore. So he was like, that was kind of disappointing for all the talk about Chick-fil-A. And I'm like, no, like you've got to try it again. You got to get it. You got to eat it right away and tell me how you feel because it's going to be way different if you have it fresh versus after like 40 minutes of it sitting in a bag. That's the, that was the problem, I think. But like, he doesn't, he's not like, he won't go to McDonald's or he won't go to Burger King or anything like that. And actually, you know, in Texas, they have uh, Whataburger is a big deal there. Let me tell you, I tried Whataburger last year on one of my trips to Texas. I was so disappointed. It was disgusting. I'd rather eat a burger from McDonald's. That's how bad it was. You think about it differently than I do. It's, it's interesting to me. I guess I tackle it from more of a fitness background. Like I had Chick-fil-A. For around Halloween time, we were going to a Halloween party. Me and my buddy, and my buddy's a personal trainer. Has been a personal trainer for thirty something years. He goes like, I mean, everyone he trains ends up winning first place in competitions. So that's one thing he's trying to help me do before I turn thirty. I want to enter one. Um, but uh, I, I was talking to him. I was like, Yeah, I haven't had fast food in forever, and we're about to go to this party. I was like, Maybe you know, what do you want to do? Like, as in, like, I, I'm probably not going to eat anything just so I can kind of stay not bloated, lean a little bit. Um. And uh, he was like, no, no, no. What we need to do is we need to go to Chick-fil-A and get some chicken sandwiches. And I go, okay. Um, I haven't had Chick-fil-A. I am really, really hungry. And we've just been drinking. So I need something for my stomach at least. And he goes, as soon as we get the sandwich, he goes, open it up. I, go, I open it up. He goes, take two bites, put it back in the bag. And I go, just two bites? I was like, that's so different for me. I usually eat the whole thing. And uh, he goes, two bites. I bit two bites, put it back into the bag. Dude, he was right. My veins, my muscles, everything had just enough to fuel them, but not enough to get bloated. They looked bigger, 
but they didn't look like it was like, you know, when you get bloated from eating, your stomach gets bloated. No stomach bloat. Veins were popping out perfectly. Um, like I said, it's all from a physique aspect when you look at it from being involved in the fitness industry, but it was just enough carbohydrates and enough food that your body could fuel your muscles, but also not hold on to extra and you feel slowed down. So did you end up finishing it later? Like what? Yeah, I had it for breakfast in the morning, but my lifts were a thousand times better too. Usually I can bench. I'm getting close to benching two plates on each side. So I'm like one. 150 ish um but the benching is two 225 is two plates so i i could bench 225 when after i ate fast food but if you asked me to do it on a regular day i couldn't do that without eating the unhealthy junk food hmm. that's interesting so i never would have thought of it in that way like what and you i can just go to the about- bathroom again too that's the crazy thing from eating that, that's what's it's, it's weird. It's like if you toss out, like I think for a lot of people, there's like nobody really has a good idea of what fitness is. It really is what works for you. So if anybody gives you advice or tries to tell you, oh, you got to eat healthy, eat clean, that is true. You should be eating healthy and you should be eating clean. But also some people do, they call it a dirty bulk, which is they just shove their face with shakes and really crappy burgers and fast food all the time and they gain a bunch of muscle in a bad kind of fatty way but some people's bodies react great off that i think we all know a construction worker out there that has like a ripped six-pack washboard abs and all they do is drink alcohol and that that's just how they function but that's how their genetics are too well yeah everybody's a little bit different um but but it's fascinating to me like hearing you talk about that because when you said that your buddy told you take two bites and put it back in the bag, my mind didn't go like I had no clue where you were going with that. I'm like, why would you do that? That doesn't make sense. And I thought it was going to be more like, yeah, take a bite or two. And he was trying to say that it was going to be better if it sits for a few minutes and you go back to it. Like, that's all that my mind could think of. I had no idea it was going to be, well, yeah, it's, you know, because of the pump and this and that, like, well, it's just interesting because I think that's one one people they kind of really miss out is that they think that everyone perceives the world as you perceive the world. We're all perceiving the same thing, but we're all perceiving it in different ways, you know, based on your experience and all that. And that's what I find fascinating. Usually, like somebody says something to me, my brain goes one way, and then someone else says, "No, I'm thinking it from like this way." And it's like, why wouldn't you want to know what that person thinks or how they think about that? You know what I mean? Like watching the Gilmore Girls might be fun for you, but it might be torture for somebody else. This is true. This is true. I mean, you could say that with anything. I mean, a lot of a lot of things that I find entertaining, I'm sure other people would. You know, when we're on long car rides, like we drove from Little Rock to Frisco, Texas. That's five hours. We drove from Frisco to Lubbock. That's five hours. We drove from Lubbock. You're going to like this one to Temple, mm. Texas. They're we'll everywhere. They're popping up. There. They're growing. <laughs> um, but yeah, so all those trips and Tommy will say like, oh, you want to put a podcast on? And I'm like, no, we're, we're good. Like we can do music or we can do something else because what I would listen to is not what he would listen to. Right. Like, I don't know what type of uh, entertainment value he would get out of it, because there's a lot of like weird stuff that I listen to. Just being honest, like I have a very eclectic 
taste when it comes to what I listen to. So I, I was like, no, no, that's fine. I don't, I don't, I don't want to bore you with it, you know. Except for your podcast, I, I would played about five episodes for no, you. You don't have to listen to me. That's fine. I don't give a shit. No, I I do oh. listen to you. Know I listen to you. I don't really. Care. I don't. I don't listen to every single episode, but I do listen to you. You know that. No, it, it's fine. I, you weren't hurting my feelings at all. I get it. I don't listen to me either. Um, <laughs> but I, I have, wouldn't listen to myself. I can tell you that. That's an anxiety point for me, which is trying to figure out what music to play because you don't like. Mm-hmm. I I know what I want to listen to. Might not be what this person wants to listen to. Mm-hmm. Well, the even bigger anxiety thing that you just reminded me of hearing our own voices when I first and actually even now it doesn't happen as much now. But when I worked in customer service, you would go into a meeting every month with your manager and they would play your call back to you and let you listen to it. And they would tell you everything you did well, anything you need to improve on. And I hated it. Even if the call, like they said, it was perfect. You did great. I hated to hear my own voice. And to this day, I still do. I don't like to hear the recording back. Um, it, it just, I don't know what it is. And everybody's that way. Because there was a time where when I was a manager, I was the one playing the call back for the person. They didn't like it either. Nobody really, I mean, I would say the majority of people in my experience do not like that. They don't want to hear their it's voice. It's a good back. sign. You're not self-absorbed. Could be worse. You could love hearing yourself, and only want to do is hear yourself. Well, that's true. That's a real problem. If that's the case, that's that's but not good. Some people like to do interviews a lot because they just like talking about themselves. And to me, it's like, God damn, that's the farthest thing I ever want to do. <laughs> I might well, share yeah, a personal that- story, but not nothing to the point where it's like gloating <laughs> smoke up the ass. Oh, no, you're the absolute opposite. I mean, even in times where, because I know this has happened when we've talked before, I'll try to turn it to you or say something to you. You're turning it on me right now. Stop. What? (laughs) Stop. No, I'm not. I'm not. I'm just saying, like, if I do that, you never want to do that. So that's. Did you have any downsides of your trip? (laughs) You're not. (laughs) You're not self-absorbed either. Um, Downsides. I mean, a lot of time in the car. We did three five-hour rides. That's three. rough, man. That's rough. Yeah. Did you I mean, pack some trail mix? No. No, I didn't, actually. What's um, your friend's name again? Tommy. Tommy, what the hell, man? You ate all the peanuts and M&Ms <laughs> out of the trail mix? You left the raisins. <laughs> yeah. No, we, we didn't prep for that. I, I typically, I'm the one that's always prepared. Like the one time he's driving around between meetings and and I'm sitting here, right? He calls me and he's like, just so you know, my phone's about to die. I'm like, you've been in the car for like two hours. Like, how's your phone about to die? Yeah, I, I don't have a charger. I said, what do you mean you don't have a charger? So he's like, my phone's about to die. So the phone dies. Then he calls me on the iPad. He's like, my iPad's about to die too. I'm like, bro, what are you doing? How is it about to die, right? He's like, well, this rental car, it's got this weird, like, plug. I, I don't know what it is, right? I'm like, well, it's not like a USB? No. I said, it's not like the, the cigarette lighter type? No. I said, okay. I said, well, what is it? He's like, I don't know. I'm like, well, if you could take a picture of it, like, let me know. I'm really curious now. So fast forward a few weeks. I'm out traveling around with him. I'm like, is this the car that you had a couple weeks ago when your phone died, your iPad died? He's like, yeah. So I'm looking, 
you know, in the console and I'm looking at the the way it's set up. I'm like, okay, it's not USB. It's not this. It's not that. It was the USB-C, which is what's becoming popular, like Apple's using it for everything and all that. It was the USB-C. And I'm like, dude, all your stuff is Apple. You have the right cords. Like, wh what do you mean you don't have the right cords? So then now he's like, oh, okay. So he would take the cords with him. But I'm like, bro, you got to be prepared. You got to bring, you got to stay charged, especially if you're that far away. He's not from Texas. So it's like, do you know where you're going? Like you probably need GPS, right? He's a mess sometimes. He, he He's great, but sometimes he's a mess. I mean, I think some people just enjoy the gamble of kind of like letting things work its way out and going out there. And I get it. Look, I'm a planning guy too. I like to have stuff planned out for me and everything like that. But also the best experiences and stories come from not having things planned out. Like I went to DC. I had no idea what was going. I thought we were going to museums, man. It wasn't until like four hours before the trip that the girl that we were going with and her friends, I messaged her and I was like, Hey, what museums do you want to go see? Why we're going down there. And I sent her a bunch of screenshots, like the spy museum. I was all in, dude. I was doing research of tours. I was looking for the JFK one because I was going to correct the motherfucker when I was doing the tour. Um, <laughs> actually alleged assassin. Um, but uh, I sent it to her and she messaged me. She's like, we're not going to clubs. Who told you? I mean, we're not going to museums. Who told you you're going to museums? I was like, uh, my buddy said we we're going to museums because we were talking about it at the bar that we wanted to go see. And then the next day we booked this hotel room to spend the night there. First day of missing the gym in 10 years. Um, I was, yeah, yeah. Actually, that broke something in me as well, too. I don't feel as restricted to go every day. I mean, I do go every day, but I just don't feel like, you know, I could, there's like, a, it's not going to be a freak out for me. Um, I think that like a day off once in a while isn't necessarily. Oh, I'm sure a bad sleep thing. would would help me too, but you know whatever. Oh well, yeah. Um. So when that the I sent her the picture of the museum, she's going. We're not going to museums. It's my birthday weekend. We're going to clubs. We're going to strip clubs and stuff. And I'm like, God damn it! That's why nobody told me that we were going there. I was like, nobody was giving. I literally was like, why? It's been a week. We've had these plans, but nobody's told me what time they're coming to get me. And where we're exactly going. And that's why. So he kept making the whole weekend something that was not planned. It was all spontaneous. And I usually like to have a bit of a schedule, but I'm happy to be spontaneous if something pops up. But I like to have a set thing so I can make sure I get the full extent of the day in the day. And uh, yeah, no, nothing was planned. Everything was spontaneous. And then I remember waking up, going downstairs for the, I think I went to bed at 3 a.m. Nothing but drinks. I honestly didn't think I was going to wake up in the morning. And um, because my heart was just pounding like bad. Woke up at six, so I slept three hours. And then I went downstairs to go have the breakfast that usually the hotels offer complimentary breakfast. Uh, and they're like, the breakfast won't be here till seven. And I'm in like my board shorts, like pineapple board shorts with my hair up like a rooster because I just woke up um, in, a t in a tank top. And she's like, yeah, well, we're not serving breakfast till seven. And I was like, okay, well, the time changed. So it's six o'clock now. It really would be seven. But I'll wait an hour. I'll just make some clips on my phone and, you know, have fun doing that or something. And uh, she was like, are you a basketball player? And I'm like, I'm 5'8". What do you mean? <laughs> Am I a basketball player? And obviously basketball player team was staying at the hotel. A bunch of like uh, college kids that were doing some trip or something like that. They had a game or something. And um, I go, no, I'm I'm five eight. I'm definitely not a basketball player. And she's like, well, you look very athletic. And I was like, thanks. I was like, is the breakfast coming out soon? She's like, I just told you seven o'clock. I was like, that's right. I forgot. Sorry. Um, and so I sat there and waited. 
I got this thing. So I started picking out like a small bowl of fruit, like a little, like a little tiny cup of fruit, a little tiny little snack size yogurt. And I grab a muffin and I put it in, go to put it in the little thing to heat it up and get it nice and soft. So I could put some jam and stuff on it. And she goes, do you have your breakfast coupon? And I was like, it's not complimentary. Most hotels do complimentary breakfast, especially small stuff like this. She goes, it's $15 a plate. And I go, really? I go, I'm not paying $15 for this. And I didn't know. And she goes, well, you can just take that, baby. You didn't know. And I go, well, thank you. And I go, can I get jam and put it on my muffin? She goes, that's extra. I go, damn it. So I walked back to the ho- to the elevators to go up back to the hotel room. Again, 7 o'clock in the morning. I've only got four hours of – well, no, three hours of sleep. And uh, so now I'm going back into the elevator, and everyone from every floor is piling onto the elevator. So I look like a psychopath sitting in the back of the elevator just standing there because I'm on the 12th floor. So everyone's getting off before me. And um, I'm eating a dry ass muffin, probably not even a muffin, an English muffin, the really sandy ones, kind of. <laughs> they're just dry. Sandy. They're just dry <laughs> as shit. And I'm sitting there just going, I look like a psychopath, man. And I get back to the hotel room, grab one of the office chairs, scoot it into the middle of the hotel room. And I'm sitting there. And this is like a couple of days after Matthew, Matthew Perry died. So they were doing a bunch of friends reruns. And um, I was watching one of my favorite episodes that happened to be on, which is when the. He pulls the handcuff and it pulls out the filing cabinet, hits him in the back of the head. And it was like a blooper, but they just left it in. And my buddy wakes up. He goes, what are you doing? I was like, oh, I was eating breakfast. He goes, oh, they have breakfast down there. I'll go grab some. And I go, no, you got to pay money for it. She just let me have this. And he kind of looked at me. He goes, that's oh, fine. We're going to go to a restaurant in, in 10 minutes anyway. And I go, why didn't you tell me before I started going down to get breakfast? And he goes, well, why'd you go get breakfast? We were going to go eat anyway. And I go, you didn't tell me. He goes, I didn't tell you. I go, you know, you haven't told me a single thing of what was going on this whole weekend. And he goes, yeah, but it's fun, isn't it? And I'm like, I guess. Well, to be fair, you were up super early. I'm sure you were the first one up. He gets up around the same time I do. We both have those odd sleeping hours. It's just for him. He could have slept till probably noon that day. Um, He ended up sleeping on the whole ride back. So... (laughs) Yeah, I, but I, I also I like work that. overnight now, so it's like perfect for me. But I notice I've been micro sleeping and I've been catching myself doing it. So usually when I sleep, it's like for an hour, but it feels like eight years. Um, and I've been micro sleeping at work. It'll be like 4 a.m. And then I'll be like, and it's like I blink and I wake up and it's 430. I'm like, what the hell happened to the and I fell asleep for that 30 minutes. But it wasn't like you wake up and you go, I definitely fell asleep. It was like, what just happened? I like blacked out for 30 minutes and I've been doing it a lot now. And it's like, I don't know. It's probably because my body needs sleep, but I'm like, fuck it. Keep going. If God you're going through sleep. hell, keep on going. Don't <laughs> slow down. <laughs> That's what so, the song was about. I, I guess it must be. Um, so tell me any, any dreams lately, any interesting, why I had dreams? a few, but I don't remember them right now. <laughs> I haven't slept okay. in 18 hours, so it's like, what about you? What about your dreams? I can never, half the time I can't really remember them. That's that's the don't, worst part. Um, don't you have a journal? I, I do. I'm consulting it right now, actually. Oh, yeah, putting notes in your phone. I do, yeah. So that's- I that's would think after I that sugar drink, you'd have like, I don't know, a dream about a doctor diagnosing you with stage two diabetes or something. You know, if it's happened, I it would be tight. I haven't remembered it, but I'm too. sure. But I'm sure. Um, let's see what we got here. Uh, 
I'm just you, looking here to see what I got. If you remember it, any of these, I have been following Nick Swartzen to make sure he didn't get eaten by a seal at some point. <laughs> I remember that one now that you say that. Craziest dream uh, I've ever had. Yeah, I mean, let's see. So the last one I had was that I remembered was December 29th into December 30th of last year. And I was basically at some celebrity's house. I, I don't know who it was, but some some celebrity. And there was somebody else with me. And there was some some woman. And again, like it's all these people. I don't, I don't know who it was, but I remember getting the sense of like he walks into the room with this woman and I knew her, right? Like it was somebody from my town. I don't know if I would go as far as to say like a friend of mine, but it was somebody I knew, right? And for whatever reason, it becomes known that the reason why he's got her there, that they're going to go have sex. I, I don't know why. And then all of a sudden we're in the same room and they they just start and i'm like oh you're watching oh need, yeah no I'm like, I'm like i need to get out of here like what what's going I on i would have like, stayed i would have put out a lawn chair so popped so it in the corner this, all of a sudden there's this like bottle and they they squeeze some like liquid out of it and I'm like what what lube. the hell is going on lube you would think it turned out to be glue so, what the fuck <laughs> I, again i have no clue what any of this means right but it's glue right and i realize after it, it's been poured out that it's glue and i'm like no no i was like, I'm like that's glue that's glue what are you doing what are you doing i said let me find there's got to be something else let me find you something else don't use that don't use that and he keeps saying like no no it'll be fine it'll be fine so i'm looking around to find like if there's something else that i can i can give them to use right and by the time that i i guess come back i'm like i you don't have anything i can't find anything they're done and, and she's just there like nothing happened like whatever and it was just this bizarre thing and all of a sudden i wake up so i don't know what any of that means i don't know why it was glue i don't i don't know but it was bizarre interesting I don't know. What have you dissected it? Maybe just like watching people have sex. That's the thing though. I wasn't like trying to watch. I was like, oh, like what? Why are you doing? Like, let me let me go. I'm gonna go away. And then the bottle of blue came out. I, I don't know. Because you're stuck here forever. Oh, yeah. Being stuck. Maybe there, maybe that is a feeling of being stuck. Maybe because I was stuck in that room. And I was trying trying to get out of the room. <laughs> I don't know. That's a weird dream. Bizarre. I've never had any of those dreams before. Most of my dreams are like, I think I had one recently about a wedding I went to. And uh, it was like all these people from high school and all these things and everyone that was getting married and having kids. And then I was just kind of there. And I was like, damn, this sucks. And it is true. I, every time I check on Facebook, it's like someone's having a kid or someone's doing like a giant like life goal. And I'm like, damn, where am I at at this age? But also some of these people that are having kids should not be having kids. Because they're like, there's no dad or no mom in the picture. They're just a single parent already at their age. And I'm like, God damn, really? Like, did you guys try? 
most of the births now, I think, are that the, the whole separation thing has gone out the window. Like nobody really cares about staying together or not separating. Before it was like a giant stigma. Now it's like people just fuck and then end up having a kid. I have two friends right now that are having kids, all because they didn't wear a condom. Not that's... even someone that they're dating. Oh man, see that's the risk that you run. Yeah, I I don't know. I think you're what 25 26 26 26 okay i i don't know i mean i would say you probably don't need to be in any rush like i've found over the years that it's more important to find the right person and find somebody that you can actually get along with and enjoy being with than trying to rush any of that stuff um I don't know, because I've thought in the past that I was in a situation where it was the right thing and it wasn't. And I think like, in my opinion, my non-professional, non-medical, non-scientific opinion, I don't feel that we are fully grown adults until we're at least like 25. So I feel like for you, you're right at the point where you're like, just stepping into that, that point where you know who you are and you know what you're all about. Maybe not all of it. You don't have to know all of it. But I mean, if you think about where you are now versus when you were like 18, you're probably a little bit different and you you feel like you are more of a full like adult human being now, right? I guess. Okay. That's how I felt. I mean. I'm more broken you know, down. I, <laughs> broken down? I used down. to be a stallion. I would say you still are. You're pretty jacked. You, you, you know, I would say I that used you're to still... be a stallion in spirit. Now I'm all broken and the world's gone to shit. But I blame <laughs> the Kennedy subject for that one. Well, I mean, I'm sure that's exhausting. That that's one of the things like I, I'm sure it's I would go back for a degree to be a historian just legally if I could, because I feel like I know a lot of stuff that a lot of people don't know. And it's it's only because I don't think I put a political bias and stuff. Like I think you've mentioned you're a Republican. Um, I've noticed it more now. I've just noticed more of the political stuff. I never noticed it when I got guests before, but I notice it now. And I think it's now because I'm actively looking and seeing it more pop up. Like whenever someone starts going – like for me, if I said something to you like I don't like how movies are becoming woke, I've had friends of mine or people I've had on the show like just – a guy before you, like a couple days ago, I recorded comics. He was talking about these Republicans don't like woke stuff in the movies and they're just racist or they're bigots or they're all this type of stuff. And I just kind of went, I mean, I don't necessarily like it either, but I just don't believe in the company saying, oh, we're pro woke. I'm like, no, they're not. They're pro money. They don't give a shit. I was like, instead of rebooting stuff and putting someone that is obviously not Captain America, like if you put an Asian person for Captain America. I'm sure they can do a great job. To me, that title is earned. But don't try and reboot it with the original character by just changing the ethnicity. Instead, find a comic book character. There's thousands of them out there that are of that race or of that thing. Make I, I'm more about historical accuracy. You know what I mean? Not optics of it's going to make us a bunch of money. But then if I say that, people would consider me racist or people would consider me this. And I'm like, that's not what that is. To me, I care more about the original form that I loved as a child. Okay? So like Chris Evans, he earned Captain America for me. You use that other Chris or the other guy that was in that show about um uh, the guy who played the Hawk dude. 
who turned out to be Captain America. They brought another guy to take Captain America's place when he retired. I did not like that guy because I don't know him. I like the, I think it was, uh, it was Kurt Russell's son who played it. Yeah. You know who Kurt Russell's son is. He played in 22 Jump Street. He was the blonde haired kid, tall guy. It's been a while since I've seen it. Um, he was just in a movie recently that I saw in theaters. Uh, Okay. Night swim. Google hmm. them on your phone right now. While I finish my story. Um, okay, finish your story. But, yeah. So I didn't know Kurt Russell kicked Elvis in the knee. What? It, it's on video. You can watch it. It, it was what? a sh- it was a shit commercial, and Elvis just walks up to a young baby Kurt Russell, basically like a young child, and he goes, "Hey boy, you mind kicking me in the knee? What, Mister? Are you crazy? Come on, just kick me in the knee." And then Kurt Russell kicks him in the knee. And he goes, oh, God. And he goes, thanks, kid. And then pats him on the head, and Kurt Russell just walks off. It's the stupidest commercial. I don't okay. know what, even what the product was. So are you talking about Wyatt or Boston? It's a blonde-haired guy, a tall guy. Mm. Okay, was he in Night Swim? Yeah. Yeah, okay. It's uh, Wyatt. Russell. Yeah. yeah. I didn't know Kurt Russell even had kids. Neither did I. I don't I mean Kurt Good. Russell has Spread really those been on beautiful my, genetics. My <laughs> my radar. Um man's got hair like a stallion. He does. He does. No, and I, I think the whole thing with like you're right. If you say those things, they'll say, Oh, you're racist, you're this, you're that. But the way I look at it, like overcompensating as much as they have, I feel like is almost worse in most cases. Like it's, I, I, I don't know. I just think that. We'll examine a company that has gotten a lot of crap. Chick-fil-A. We'll go back to them. When I heard Chick-fil-A didn't like gay people because of the religious thing, I was like, well, that's stupid and it kind of sucks, but I don't think anybody was, was Like, if you have that view and go, it sucks, but you're still probably eating Chick-fil-A anyway. What kind of really hit the nail in for me to be like, wow, Chick-fil-A is a piece of shit company is because I didn't know that the CEOs were actively funding anti-gay campaigns and corporations that were funding anti-gay hate acts. That's where I was like, all right, fuck you guys. You know what I mean? Hate acts? Yeah. So there was a lot of uh, corporations out there and programs and movements that were preaching that gay is a sin against God and that were basically actively telling people like gays are going to burn in hell. And they were staging like movements and things where they would go outside of gay rallies and really kind of like scream at people saying you're a sin. There were these campaigns and individual groups that were privately being funded by the CEOs of Chick-fil-A and they were Chick-fil-A was pulling money out of their own establishment to fund those groups. Now that guy has since left um, but it was just different. Like Chick-fil-A is now pro-gay. Like they're actually very supportive for the gay movement, which is awesome. But to me, I just don't believe in like I'm not going to support anything that shames another group. I don't care if it's gay, trans, whatever. I mean, you might not agree with the values that they have, but I also don't believe in like stopping someone from wanting to express themselves. As long as you're not shoving it in my face, that's fine. Right. No, I, I agree with you there. Like I I don't care how someone wants to identify. You want to call yourself a toaster, that's fine. Just leave me the hell alone. Like, I don't care. 
like do what makes you happy. As long as you're not harming somebody else, do what makes you happy. Yeah, the people and that have, think you know, that don't express it because they have a fucking job that they go to. They don't have time to, you know, get, get protest and do all this type of shit. They have to go to work and make money to feed their family and just scrape by. Exactly. Right. I, I mean, frankly, I'm too busy myself with everything I've got going on and not, not even that I have as much as other people. Like I've, my buddy around the corner, he's married and he's got two kids, two young kids, four-year-old and one-year-old. He's got a lot on his plate. I don't have that much on my plate and I still don't have time to be messing around with this stuff. Like I, it's just, it's, it's to the point where it's exhausting and the amount of like virtue signaling and, you know, you, you have to, uh, you have to speak out against X, Y, Z. And if you don't, you're an awful person. You're this, you're that. And it's like, I'm not over here speaking out on anything. I, I, I will call I'm, those people out, call those hypocrites out. The people that say that, you know, you're not speaking out, you're not doing enough and all this. And you're, you're transphobic or homophobic because you're not expressing your views on and expressing the same side that we have. Those same people that say that they care about people were posting up memes about that little submersible that exploded underwater. So fuck those hypocrites. That's the other thing. I think the problem is like everybody gets so Damn upset. Submersible. Everybody gets so upset just in general uh, about everything that you just can't like I can't imagine being a comic today. Like all the stuff with Matt Rice, how people were getting upset with him. Yeah, like, but he sucked anyway. It's but it's jokes. Like you his jokes aren't funny though. That's the thing. I was happy they canceled that fuck. I mean, I, I personally, I think the best thing that he does is the crowd work. I think his crowd work is fantastic. I haven't seen a ton of his actual material because he's smart. When he posts stuff online, he posts the crowd work because that's not going to be the same every show. It's not like if he's posting snippets of his actual routine, then why the hell go see him? Because you've already seen it. You know what I mean? But the crowd work is going to be unique and different each time, depending on yeah. who he's talking to. So I think his crowd work's funny. But the point is, whether you think he's funny or not, these are jokes. Like you, Comedy is supposed to be edgy. It's not supposed to be this safe, um, sterile, you know, by the book, you know, color between the lines type of thing. It's supposed to be out there it's supposed to be you know wild i just i just had a woman on my show about this she um has been i mean a main activist in freedom of speech basically writes um been a part of these programs and probably if you looked up her name she would pop up as like the top result uh, not not just her name specifically but anything to do with freedom of speech because she's published so much work and been a main giant activist gone to court and all these proceedings over free speech amendment rights and all this and um, she was talking to me about it, and she goes, I don't know about you, but if someone thinks a different way than you and you could find it offensive, I'd like to know who those people are. I wouldn't want to censor it and make it so it's all hidden and people are just kind of two-faced behind your back. And I go, yeah, that's exactly how I feel. I go, it's about society. If a comedian cracks a joke and it doesn't get any laughs and that joke was offensive, then obviously he's going to have to find new material to move on. Why would you cancel him? You're just going to cause him to hate the group that you are that you feel like you were offended by. Does that make sense? No, it makes total sense. I, I agree with you. And the thing is, like, we have to be able to laugh at uncomfortable things. It's part of how we get through them. 
like laughter is how we get through the tough times. And if you can't, if there's things that are off limits, you can't say, you can't, well, they you know, did that. They did that with workers' wages. They did that with a bunch of things that stigmatized that, like, don't ever talk about how much money you earn to another person. I'm like, why? Why can't we say I'll openly tell someone how much I make, and they'll openly do it to me. They'll be like, yeah, I do this. Or sometimes the older generations are like, no, I'm not telling you how much I make. I was like, I just told you though. Why wouldn't you tell me? But it's just things they were told not to talk about politics, religion, all these things. They're now being open borders more. When you could talk about politics, I think everyone expresses their political views because society is more ramped up towards that. But they're stigmatized for a reason, and I think it might be part of the like inner meanings behind it. If you can't talk about your wages and how much you earn, then you can't talk to your boss. Hey, I've been here four years longer than this person. Why are they making more money than me? You know, so the, it's it's incentivization to the corporations. I'm I believe in more capitalism than anything, but I also think it's probably the best system that works for this country right now. I would agree. And, you know, no matter how perfect or wonderful the idea of socialism may sound in terms of, you know, everybody being equal and, you know, you don't have to worry about this or worry about that. That sounds great, but show me one place where it's ever worked. You know what I mean? That's, that's the tough part. Like with capitalism, yeah, you're going to have varying degrees of, of, you know, wealth or, or people who have it, people who don't, but at least you can, it's based on what you put into it, what you're able to get out of it. Right. I mean, some people, yeah, they're, you know, grow up with the silver spoon in their mouth and they end up getting money from, you know, mom and dad or whatever they inherit it. That happens. Sure. But there's a lot of people that have had to work hard for it and not squander it like there's a lot of you look at athletes there's a lot of examples of athletes that they end up getting money you know you get a contract you're getting millions of dollars they don't manage it well but then you got somebody like a peyton manning or a shaquille o'neal they invest they do the right things and they make sure that they're solidifying their future like Shaq, especially i mean he's got He's got these uh, chicken restaurants now. He's involved with Papa John's. He's doing insurance commercials. Like he's all over the place. You say Peyton Manning? Peyton Manning, yeah, he's big with Papa John's too. But I was talking about Shaquille. Well, they need they need a new guy after Papa John said some 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 shit. Uh, yeah, he got in a little hot water. I don't he? like how his hair looks always wet. <laughs> yeah. Um. You know, it was almost, almost like, uh, not just looked wet, but it looked like, looked too like much it gel. Wasn't, it's too much gel. But it almost looked like he was like, sweating. he was going through withdrawal, is what yeah. he was doing. He's an alcoholic, 100%. When uh, I look at that guy's man. eyes, he's 100% an alcoholic. Yeah, I could see that. I could see that. Yeah, that was. That was wild. But now, now you just, you know, you got Shaq in there and got the Shaqaroni pizza. I love it. I love it. <laughs> Shazam. He's the original. <laughs> there you go. Um, to, All right. Anything else about your trip? You got to get back to that. I'm trying to think if there was anything else. Any weird interactions? Mm. Was the family nice that you went over? Oh, yeah. 
no, they, they were great. Um, you know, we were very grateful for the fact that we were able to join and they were, you know, great hosts and, um, kind. Have, it was actually, did, did you have to fake like the food or did you actually like it? Oh, no, it was good. No, it was good. It was, um, I think it was from some local place, but it was like Mexican food. Okay. Um, but it was, what's what it was. It was Mexican food. <laughs> Cuisine, sir. Cuisine. <laughs> yeah, no, but it, it was delicious. Um, you could tell it was legit though, because you, you ever have sopa pias? It's what? like a dessert. I'm so sorry. The way you said it <laughs> sounded like, have you ever had soap up the ass? I was like, excuse me? <laughs> Oh my God. No, no, I've never had that. Maybe on accident. It burns a little bit. So it's it's almost like a um brought to you by baby uh, what's it, Johnson and Johnson. No cry <laughs> baby shampoo. No more it's soap almost, burns. It's, it's it's like a tortilla or, or like a dough type of thing, but it's it's fried and it's really flaky and they put like a um uh, like cinnamon on it sometimes, or they'll serve it with honey. That was how I knew like we were eating pretty authentic stuff because I've been to places where you get those, those sopa pias and they're not good. They're That's like such a dirty word. <laughs> uh, but anyway, like it's, it's literally like little tortilla chips and they're like not really that flaky or anything. That's how a lot of them are, but these were like real like flaky and all that. So it was, it was like legitimate legitimate mexican food and in my opinion from my experience uh, so that was good and everybody was friendly and can you imagine if you were there you saw the food and you ended up ordering uber eats and you're like i got mcdonald's <laughs> they definitely um i mean that that would have been probably perceived as pretty rude uh, luckily i didn't have to have to do that because you never know when you go to somebody's house you never know like you're rolling the dice, right? If it's not somebody you're familiar with, you don't know what you're walking into. It's when you realize that all families don't eat the same. When I was in third grade and I spent the night at my buddy's house for the first time and I was little and I was like, oh, it's Tuesday. We're going to you know, have something, probably like tacos or something. I like tacos. Usually what my family used to do was like make like ramen or tacos or something like that. Um, Every now and again, you know, a lot of the times it was just grab a ramen, pack it out of the fridge and, you know, toss it and make your own ramen or something. Um, but I went over to his house. His family had like steak, potatoes and like all this like bread that was on a plate. And I was like, holy shit. I was like, we're, we're dying in high class. <laughs> it is different. I mean, growing up, we would eat. So we did like the same four or five things. Like every week it was the same stuff. We didn't try new things we had spaghetti and meatballs once a week um, this was when after my parents got divorced we lived with my mom's parents and my grandma she had kind of like a set list of things she would do she would do chicken and dumplings she would do uh, meatloaf with mashed potatoes and that's honestly that's my favorite thing to this day and it's my favorite thing to make as well um, and then she would do chicken cutlets, also with mashed a lot of mashed potatoes. She would do Making that with mashed hungry, potatoes, man. but she would do that with cream corn. That was the thing that we would have, like for the vegetable. The meatloaf, we always had peas with that, but it was always cream corn. I, I don't know why, but like it wasn't like oh let's switch up the vegetable. It was always the same thing. And then we would have 
we always had um, iceberg lettuce in the house. And what she would do is she would take ketchup and she would take Miracle Whip and basically make her own Thousand Island. So whenever you would sit down for dinner, there was always a coffee mug with a spoon sticking out of it. That was the dressing for the salad. And that was that was a typical like week of what we would have. And then the big thing, like instead of bread, she liked to do the crescent rolls or like the the Pillsbury biscuits or whatever to go with dinner. That was that was like a typical week of what we would usually have. Yeah, I um when Thanksgiving happened, I worked Thanksgiving and I had got all my friends were inviting me to their Thanksgiving because they know I don't partake in that. And they're like, Oh, hey, we know you don't eat, but if you want to come down and have mashed potatoes and do all that, and I was like, I'm gonna go home, probably have a crab cake and then go to bed. <laughs> that's the most Maryland thing ever. I'm gonna go home and have a crab cake. Yeah. That's that's a tradition. Usually on holidays we have crab cakes or we have shrimp or something like that. Everyone else has like ham and I don't get the traditional food stuff. I don't think you need a turkey for Thanksgiving. I think it's really, I think it's really stupid when someone has to cook something for eight hours in an oven or something like that to have this turkey that's supposed to be from traditional. When you want your family to rather enjoy the holiday, there's always one person that ends up busting their ass all day trying to cook and do this thing. I was like, I'd rather have the person be happy and we order out or do something. I usually do Chinese on New Year's Eve. Um, this, no, not New Year's Eve, uh, Christmas Eve. This Christmas though, couldn't get Chinese food because it was on a Monday. And Chinese foods places are not open on Mondays. And I was like, damn, we're all out. We're all everything. We're screwed. We're double screwed. We should have planned ahead. <laughs> you know, you mentioned the crab cake and it, it reminds me of a story. So in December, um, or maybe this, this happened before December. I was in Florida not that long ago and um, go out to a restaurant to get lunch with my cousin and my aunt who, who lived down there. And I'm looking at the menu and I'm like, oh, crab cake sandwich. Like, that sounds really good. Like, awesome. I'm going to get that. In my mind, not thinking that in Florida, a crab cake is not the same as a Maryland crab cake. So I get the sandwich and it's like loaded with all this like citrus flavor. And it was, in my opinion, I don't like citrus on food. I thought it was disgusting. And I ended up not even like eating it. I had a couple bites. I couldn't even eat it. And that was the realization. I'm like, yeah, I, I don't know why my mind just saw crab cake and thought, yeah, it'll be a Maryland crab cake. Yeah, go for it. That's honestly, to me, a Maryland crab cake is the only way to go. Yeah, well, that's what we're kind of known for is the Maryland crabs. It, it is. Well, it's not the crab itself. It's how you're preparing it, what you're putting into the crab cake with the crab. That makes it different, obviously, and the way they did that crab cake. I, some people might like that thing, but not not for me. No, different, different cultures, man. I don't know. I mean, Philly's they, they say Philly cheesesteaks. Like you guys have like the best subs or something like that. But I've never really explored. The food's not my area, man. It's really not. It's the worst thing when someone goes, "What restaurant do you want?" I had someone ask me, "What restaurant do you want to go out to?" And I was like, "I don't." That's a dumb question to ask me. Yeah. Where, see, I'm the opposite, where it's obviously, it's a good question to ask me, but if I go to a place and I see the words Philly cheesesteak on the menu, I'm not getting it. If it's got the word Philly in front of it, it's not the real deal. It's just a cheesesteak. It's just a cheesesteak. Um, the other thing, obviously, Philly's known for pretzels, which those are fine. I'm not like a huge pretzel fan. Um, 
but definitely like there's big debate around the cheese steaks themselves um what was the other thing there was something else i was going to say yeah i i don't know i think so people talk about anybody that's outside of philly they know pats and they know genos those are the cheesesteak places right those are the, the ones everybody knows most people in philly kind of put their nose up at that and they're like those are the tourist cheesesteaks uh, we don't like that well maybe they're not the best in the city but i still like both of them like i'm not if somebody's like oh you want to get pats or you want to get genos i'm not going to say oh no like <laughs> those are terrible like no they're they're pretty good like i'll i'll go for that they're good um it's just if it says philly on the menu no i i stay away i stay away yeah i just i don't know there's a usually yeah i can't i can't really comment i'm sorry i don't have a reference bank no, there for you you're, you're fine it's just it it all depends like a lot of it a wawa sub is good for me that's the other thing i was going to say so we don't call them subs they're hoagies they're call hoagies hoagie if you wanted to call it hoagie yeah, yeah. Fest at Wawa. But Wawa doesn't even have that good of a hoagie. They used to. I, I think the quality's fallen what off. What is a lot. your bar for food? Well, quality meat. I'd have a, hoagie, a smushed banana on the ground if it was just it kept the peel on it. See, you and I are very different in that way. Because um, I don't think about no. food the way you think about food. I can literally go like four days without eating a single thing if I just don't think about it. I can't. I'm do hungry that. now because all we're talking about is food. True, but like when it comes to a hoagie, it's got to be like a mom and pop. There's a place right behind my neighborhood, actually, that's really, really good. It's like a little just uh, burned down. <laughs> Usually, that's how these stories go. Someone goes, "There's a really good mom and pop shop," but sadly, it just burned down. I was like, "Cheese." It's it's a little Italian shop. You can buy like Italian meats and cheeses and all kinds of like legit Italian food. Do you order one or two? One or two what hoagies? Yeah, just give me a hand gesture. One or two. One. One. Although about if you if you do two, there hey! you go. Hey! <laughs> we forgot about that. Um, that's why I thought you were asking me that. No, I, I do one because the way that they do it. <laughs> Hang on, do it again, do it again. <laughs> it's like Pee-wee's Playhouse. Ah, you said the magic word. <laughs> Rest in peace. Uh, yeah, if, if you do, but so the thing is, if you do two, like you better be really hungry or you're saving it for later because they actually like they pack it. Um, like the meat and stuff is good. It's higher quality than Wawa. The other thing that I like to get there, they do a tuna hoagie. I love tuna. They do a tuna hoagie and it's literally it like it's overflowing when you bite into it. It's coming out like yeah. you, you need like a fork or pro tip. Some nacho cheese Doritos are really great with that. Scoop up the tuna. You don't like tuna? I don't know. I don't like well, – I eat a can of tuna a day. I've always eaten a can okay. of tuna a day. But okay. I don't so like why, it when why? it's leaking from my sandwich. I don't want my sandwich to leak. I mean I typically don't either. I don't want it to be a mess. But that tells you that they like – they've put enough into it. You're you're getting your bang for your buck. Like I wear a white sweater. You know how difficult it is to keep this shit clean? Yeah. That's why I don't wear white. <laughs> I don't wear white. <laughs> I'm at work making protein shakes at one of my jobs and the other job I'm, you know, sitting in a room all day and it's just like 
both of those things end up being dirty. You sit in the seat, you get a little dirt on you. It's like, what the fuck? Like, I don't know how to stay clean at all with this white hoodie. You get dirt on you from sitting in a seat? Where's this yeah, seat? Man. Is it outside? Like, what? It's the one fear I have about working in the surveillance department is that, like, everyone in that shift is, like, severely overweight. And I'm like, God, because you're sitting all day. It's all you do is sit and yeah. watch computer screens. And I'm like, oh, my God, this is, like, the worst thing for me. But so also, when did, you, when did you start doing that? Uh, December. Oh, okay. okay. So I work from 11 something to like eight in the morning. Okay. Pretty nice. Casino's closed five hours on my shift. So you're basically. Oh, just, it's a, it's yeah, a casino. Yeah. You're just writing reports and stuff like that. So it's interesting. Oh, okay. It's fun. You hear, I mean, I just watched my principal, my old principal, win $10,000 last night. Oh, wow. I was filling out a report for a jackpot. And I look and his last name's this and I go, oh my God, I think I know that guy. And I looked it up and I was like, oh, that's my, that's my old principal. It's my buddy's dad. Won $10,000 <laughs> off of a jackpot. There you go. I can't really talk about it a whole lot because it's private stuff, but you hear sure, no, weird, no, no, yeah, no, weird no. stuff, dude. Like a lot of issues go on at casinos. I didn't realize people are crazy. Oh, oh, I know. My dad actually does security at one of the casinos in Atlantic City. And he was telling me some stories. People, people are wild. Different people strokes for different folks. I'm telling you. That's true. That is true. Matt, I'm going to wrap because we are hitting the two hour mark here. Um, time flies. It does go by pretty quickly. So I'm saying you got to take in those moments or next thing you know, you'll look at your hands and they'll be wrinkly old hands. Yeah. <laughs> I think hands are always wrinkly though. A little bit. They're the one thing on you that creases a lot. Yeah, you're always moving them, always using them. Yeah. Wear and tear. <laughs> Matt, where can people find you? You still kicking up the Suburban Foodie page? We got to talk about that a little bit. You got the foodie page coming back at all? Yeah, I mean, I, I've already made a post in 2024, and it's not going to be like a daily thing, but definitely uh, plan to, to post here and there throughout the year and show you what I've been getting into. TikTok? Think about starting a TikTok? I have a TikTok actually. There is a suburban foodie TikTok. I have not used it in quite a while, but there's there's a couple TikToks that are up there. Have you ever it's thought just, about doing food reviews instead of just food things? Yes, I think that's actually from what I've noticed, that's a big market right now. Um, there's a lot of stuff, whether it's TikTok, Instagram, um, a lot of reviews. I think the the thing that I haven't done to this point that is what makes those other folks successful with it, they're actually in the video. Yeah, you got to do, you got to put yourself on video, man. I mean, I wouldn't say delete your post, obviously, but I think you should rebrand re it to where you did videos of yourself, like sitting down here. And if anything, just record the video on your phone and then send it to me and I'll chop it up and make it all flow together pretty good. That's nice of you to offer that because I, I definitely don't have any editing skills, at least yet. So <laughs> well, I'll say, well, what's, what's a, probably you record yourself for what 10 minutes eating something and then compared to the hour and two hour conversations i do where i have to edit that so it's like it's not going to be a big sweat on my back but you can chop it up real good like hey trying this down and then you'll find your style eventually to where you can actually have a but people adapt your personality you got a good personality just um find some good foods you want to i mean i would start off with some philly eats maybe think if you want to do a character or if you just want to do yourself you know, some people put on a little bit like I think uh, Dave Portnoy with his pizza reviews, he puts on a little bit more Boston or New York than he actually is. Yeah, yeah. 
I love how he says just one bite. He always takes like three or four. I know, right? One bite. Everybody knows the rules. Yeah. <laughs> but I wouldn't try and find like a catchphrase, but I would just try and find like, ah, sitting down here, going to eat this sub, see, you know, see how it goes. And then next, you know, you just film yourself eating it, saying some things to the camera. It's not bad. It's this, whatever. Um, and then, you know, I'll chop it up and make it look good. But I think that's what you should do. See if it gets you something. Get you merch. Get you some merch. Who knows? Maybe. All right. Well, Matt, where can people find you? At Suburban Foodie on TikTok, on Instagram, uh, on Facebook. There's Suburban Foodie Facebook. Yeah. Check it out. All right. I'll link it all in the description. And thanks, everybody, for listening to this episode of Out of the Blank. Stay tuned for our next episode.